Hello, this is Deborah Clay, author of The Borrowed Boy and Just Be, and presenter of Castaway Books. Each week I invite an author to tell me about the books that have inspired their life and influenced their writing. This week's guest is Winifred Tatau. Hello, I'm delighted to be joined today by Winifred Tatau, who I have got to know through social media, and I've been following her marvellous blog for at least a year, because I was attracted, because Winnie, as she said I could call her, does some wonderful, was doing some wonderful DIY with us, you could tell me more in a moment, that you started out your blog with um, demonstrations of craft work, which I watched as much to see you because you were so, so smiley <laughs> and lovely in presenting. I was just thinking, oh, you gave me a lift. So. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. That was my introduction to the wonderful Winnie. But Winifred um, Tato has written two, three. She's written more than three, three books, but there's The Lone Star Child. Now, I should have checked how to pronounce this. The Godseon series. Is it Godseon? Godseon. Dion, I'm no, I'm terrible at pronouncing things. I should have checked with you. No, you're fine. <laughs> and you've written two books in that series with more to come, I hope. Yes. It's now three in total that are published and I'm working on the fourth. Excellent. And although I must admit, I haven't read them myself because viewers will know, I'm, I, I've not got into reading fantasy yet, but that doesn't mean I say I never will. Um, because it's just not something, I haven't touched my toes in there yet. If I did, yours would be the one to read. But I know from the social media how well received they are. And I know that you've got many fans and they always look forward to the next book coming out. So there'll be viewers and um, certainly your fans who'll be watching this who will enjoy that genre. So it's really good to have um, different genres represented and not just all women's fiction, which is my favourite one. So welcome (laughs) to my island, Winnie. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. And should we go straight in with your first book? Yes, of course. So my first book, um, oh, excuse me, do you mean my first book uh, for I'm reading or my first book I've written? Oh, no, your first book on the island. The first book away with you on the island. Okay, my first book on the island is The Witches by um, Roald Dahl. I used to love reading his books as a kid. Um, um, I was My mother was in the military, so we moved a lot. And um, when I was really young, around elementary school age, we moved to Germany. So we were in Europe. So his books, of course, are really a lot more popular over there than, than they are in the States. So a lot of our library books were his books and The Witches were one of the really big books that kind of spoke to my interest in literature. Um, I just loved like his imagination and how he created characters and um, how he, it was like the first time I read books where like the parents weren't the good guys or the adults weren't always the best of people. Um, so it was interesting. I was like, whoa, I didn't know that <laughs> like adults could be bad. So, and like kids could be the heroes. They're not always like the mischievous ones. Um, sometimes adults can be mischievous too. So 
I really love just um, reading The Witches. And of course, I love the original movie. Um, I haven't watched the reboot yet, but I also love the original movie and just um, just really seeing how he could create different worlds and styles in his um, writing. I'm surprised that Roald Dahl isn't um, so well known in the States. I just assumed he was a national phenomenon. Yes, he's um, he's more known internationally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's more known through the movies. Um, I think more people hear like Matilda, the witches, um, James, and the is it Giant Peach? Well, if I'm not mistaken, um, more people have watched the movies than they've read the um, actual books. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but if oh, and the Big Friendly Giant, I I love that book too, but. Um, most of the time it's more like we are more like, oh, we watch the movies than <laughs> we actually read the books. Um, but yeah, so when I came back, I um, was surprised. I was like, where are all the Raw Doll books? And they're like, oh, we have like a few. And I'm like, no, I mean like these ones and these ones. So um, he's known, but it's not, um, he's not as popular, I would say, especially now. And then maybe he was like a couple of decades or years back. They're great stories. Wonderful. Yes. Interesting. Your mom was in the military. What does she do in the military? So my mom specifically was in the army um, and she did anything from um, she she retired as a drill sergeant. So she <laughs> um, usually when I tell people that they're like, oh, wow. So she was strict. I was like, well, yeah, she had her moments. Um, but she worked with infantry and um, just a lot with soldiers um, on more of the, um, I can't, I, I wouldn't be the best person to describe it, but more of um, like the, not businessy side, but like infantry restocking. Um, and that's kind of what she does now too, is um, she works more, she now works for the federal government and that's what she does with um, supplies and ordering stuff and things like that. So that's that's her realm. <laughs> What's a great role model to have a, a, a strong, um, independent woman for your mother? Yes. Yes, she's great. <laughs> well, she obviously was a very good mother because she's raised a beautiful daughter. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> have you got siblings? Yes, I have one brother. He's younger than me. Um, he just started college, so excited for him. <laughs> Am I right in thinking you've recently, um, you started college as well recently, didn't you? Or you you were working your way through it? I seem to remember social media saying you'd finished a first year or something. Am I right? Yes. So I I messed up instead of saying last year, I put first year. So Mm -hmm. I'm starting my first year. This this will be my last year in college. So I graduate in 2022. Ah. And I don't know how you find time to do all the things you do with your <laughs> your blog, your writing, your craft work. You're a very busy woman. Yes. I, I don't know why. I, I, I always say, like, if I don't have something to do, I'll find something to do. And I've now found everything to do. So I'm always, I never have time to just sit. I like to always be on the go and be doing stuff. Um I do have time where I have like breaks, like I did like the beginning of the um this month of August. I did take a break. Um, and then I just after that started going again. <laughs> and are you writing at the moment? Are you working on a novel? Are you between novels? 
Um, right now I'm editing the fourth book in the God Scion series. So it's written, it just needs its polishing and cleanups. Mm, you're very productive the way that you get those novels out as well. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful covers they have. With your covers, Thank can you. you design them yourself or have you got a cover designer? I, I tried designing them myself and it did not work out. Um, I realized that I'm better with like um, traditional art painting <laughs> drawing than I am with digital art. Um, I still dabble in it, but I'm, I'm not that I'm not that's not my um, that's not my realm of expertise. So um, I do have a, a cover, a book cover artist. Mm, with the beautiful covers. Um, who's your book cover artist? Yeah. Perhaps you should tell everyone. Her name is Alarmsh, oh, and I don't want to say her last name wrong, but I think it's Callinger. I, I do know she is based in the UK as well, um, but she does. I love her covers, and she always does a great job, um, and she just helped me with, of course, the fourth book cover, so can't wait to show everyone that um, in a couple of months. Excellent. Look forward to that. So shall we go on to the second book on your list? Yes. So the second book is called The Giver by Lois Lowry. And I read this book around the age of 11, 12, so middle school. Um, and I fell in love with it. We read it um, in school as one of our books for the year. And after that, I begged my mom. I was like, can I please buy this? She was like, yeah, sure. So I got the, um, that's when Kendall's was really like the big rave. So I got it on my Kindle and I reread the book and loved it all over again. Um, it just amazed me how creative and spectacular the storyline was. Um, and it really is what I believe started to push me towards writing. Um, I had never read something that was, I mean, I read creative books, but just, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, how certain like senses, like your five senses were talked about and how um, like this dystopia world, I never read a dystopia word before or a utopia and just reading it and reading how creative you could be with writing. Like I was like, like as a kid, I was like, whoa, like this is amazing. I didn't know you could do all of this. So um once I read The Giver, I started reading more, like I started finding out there were more books like this and really started getting into it, um, into writing and reading more like fantasy-based books. So how old were you then when you had the aspiration to write? Um, I would say I've always written when I was younger, but to start writing seriously, I was around 11 or 12 um, before that, I had maybe written like little poems or like stories for school. Um, I always loved English. So I was always writing like long, like English papers for classes. But I think about 11 or 12 is when I really started to um, write, write, write. Mm, that's very young. <laughs> yes. How old were you when you completed your first novel? I was around 17. Wow. Um, so I completed it. It wasn't published yet, but that's when it was completed. Um, and it was again with my, both my parents were, um, um, I was doing a lot more storytelling. So I, since I was a kid, I always would like tell stories. Um, but my, my parents were like, why don't you, you know, put this on paper, like start 
actually physically writing this, not just, you know, sometimes I would write a sticky note or like maybe a page and then go leave it. But they're like, no, you could, you could do a book. And I was like, I, I think I can. I'll try it. So um, I did try it and I loved it. And I just took off from there. <laughs> a great parenting, though, to encourage you and support you like that. Yes, my parents, I always tell them, um, and anyone I meet, they're my biggest cheerleaders, my biggest fans. Um, anything and everything I do, they're like, yes, go ahead. You got it. You got this. You're great. <laughs> Fantastic. That's wonderful. So you, how old were you then when you were reading? You said about 11, 12, you say. So you were still, yes. still at school. Yeah. Where were you living yes. then? So we had then, by then, had moved back to the States. Um, and we were in Virginia, if I'm, no, no, no. We were in um, Kentucky, Tennessee area um, when I was about that age. So we had moved back. We were first in Virginia, which is on the coast. And then we moved a little inland to um, Tennessee, Kentucky area. Um, and that's where I spent my middle school years. Um, and then we finally moved to South Carolina when I went to high school. Ah, and did you have a preference for one of the states over another? Um, no, I think every state um, kind of has its own pros and cons. Um, every place, like I have memorable um, memories of like what I did there or how it shaped me. Um, I know for Virginia really helped me push with my creative side. Um, they had all these different arts, like they had this giant um, uh center for kids, um, a boys and girls club. So they had a big art, um, arts and crafts um, room where we could sew, we could paint, we could draw, make clay, jewelry. So that like really pushed me. I was like, whoa, I can do all these things. So um, that's really where I picked up on doing more. I had always been artistic, but like I started to really hone in on like what I really loved um, in arts and crafts. And then moving to Tennessee and Kentucky is when I really started with um, my writing journey um, and being more proactive in that and reading more too. And then South Carolina is when I started to, um, on the business marketing aspects of things. So that's kind of how everything kind of just wrapped up for me <laughs> in a nice little boat. That's interesting, the way different um, environments brought out different things in you. And was that because of the different situations you found yourself in and the people around you as much as the location? Um, I think it's probably both. Um, I know for uh, like Tennessee, Kentucky, the area we were in was it was a lot of farmland. So it, it kind of if you wanted to go do something fun, it took at least like two hour drives. And um, my parents you know, they work, so they couldn't always like go and take us out. Or if you we were at our um, boys and girls club, we couldn't always like, they would do stuff around. Um, so if you're bored on a summer's day, you read. Or um, Virginia, we had a lot of stuff to do and it was a lot of creative things and interesting things we could do because we are closer to the city. So um, there's a lot of arts and crafts we could do, a lot of, um, nature and history we could learn about um and then here when I came to um South Carolina 
I got into um, one of their business programs um, and clubs at school, and we would travel and um, learning about marketing and sales and different aspects of business um, and um, different like how the different systems of agriculture works in our state. So just, you know, the area and the people kind of mesh together and how like certain things shaped certain parts of my life. It's wonderful that you got the opportunity to learn about marketing as an author because that's yeah. something we all, we all need. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and is that the college course you're doing now, business and marketing? Um, it's part. So my major is studio art, then I minor in communication and marketing. Um, I, I wanted to take on uh, another, I wanted to take on creative writing, but I was like, I, I can't, my... Um, um, my advisor's like, oh, you're doing too much already. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll calm down. Your but advisor, I'll, I've. <laughs> your, advisor, yeah. your advisor doesn't know the power of Winnie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy I did listen to them um, because now I, I, I have more free time. And of course, I can just still take classes um, in creative mark, um, creative writing. And um, I, I did love marketing, I've always loved it. Um, I would have made it a second major, but I had to do more math and math is not my forte. So I decided to just keep it as a minor. Um, but yes, so that's those are my three core um, studies in school right now. Excellent. Excellent. So shall we go on to your third book? Yes. So my third book. Oh, Sorry, just adjusting my light. Go on. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> So my third book is Cinder by Marissa Meir. I believe I'm saying her last name wrong. I'm sorry, Marissa. Um, but um, it's I basically a, re, a loose retelling of Cinderella, the Cinderella, Cinderella story. And um, before that, I had I didn't really know you could take other works and like reinvent them. Um, I had seen maybe like a like on TV shows, they'll like reenact like an old story on like a TV show, like on a series or for an episode. Um, but I didn't know books could do it and um, really expand on it. So reading um, Cinder, I read it at my library. And um, this was still when we were in Tennessee, um, read it at my library. And I was like, whoa, this is cool. Like she really changed up like my perspective on fairy tales because I thought it was all just like this beautiful magical princesses um you know the Disney way of looking at it I didn't know like you could do more um or reinvent this um like already set in stone well not set in stone but already set like realm and fairy tale and you know put your own twist on it so it was nice to really read that and you know, see how you can take a simpler story and make it something um, grander. Mm. Is that something you've, I, I apologize for not knowing this from your books already, but is that something that you have experimented with in your writing? Yes. So um, how I do it, though, I, uh, all my books have um, elements of royalty. All of the characters are princesses and princes. Well, not all of them, but uh, main characters. And um I know usually for books I read or in, in, of course, what we portray as princes and princesses are like these grand, beautiful, elegant, always perfect, perfect family. And 
my books go, nope, they, they have problems too, and they have issues, and they struggle with things. Um, and you get to see how these characters who supposedly are supposed to live the perfect lives really, really aren't living the perfect lives and seeing how they struggle and how they have to keep this away from the public because, you know, they're supposed to be these personas of what is perfection and what is poise and um, just good, lucky, happy, you know, lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Goes back to as well to um, the witches with the parents. Yes. Adults can be bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Adults are very bad in my story. <laughs> do they come good or do they just, do, does the good win at the end? Um, usually, sometimes it takes a while. Um, and sometimes people who start off good end up bad. Sometimes people who end up bad, no, usually people who end are start off bad usually end bad in my stories. But I usually try to switch. Sometimes you have people who, um, uh, their morality it like you. It's kind of like a. It's like well, they did bad here, but they also did good at the end. So does that? Mm, uh, well, this, like I think they're they're okay for now. <laughs> we're we're just gonna put them at a maybe good, maybe bad. We'll put them even. <laughs> like all of us, we're all a bit good and a bit bad, aren't we? No one's perfect. No yes. One's bad. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> I'm going to go straight to because your fourth book because I want to pick up something around um around that book. So you introduce your fourth book because it leads in from what you were just saying. Yes. So the Brothers Grimm's fairy tales, um, not all of them, but the most prominent ones we know um, from Rapunzel, Sleeping Beauty, etc. Um, after I read Cinder, I, I got curious and I started um, reading like uh, and researching on YouTube and Internet, like where did these fairy tales come from? Like who came up with this? And I stumbled upon the originals, which were by the um, Brothers Grimm. Um, and it blew my mind how violent and <laughs> um, uh, scary these original stories were, um, especially that they were meant for children um, at that time too. And I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't know you could peck out people's eyes and, and, you know, wear all these like dangerous clothing and like all this gore. And I, I, as you know, young um, adolescent, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, this is, it's not just like, um, it's not as, again, like the Disney fairytale where it's a lot more softer and gentler and, you know, they didn't show all the goriness of the original tellings, which I mean, I, I know they won't do that, but that would be amazing <laughs> if they ever did. Um, but um, reading those fairy tales as their original versions, which is what now we would consider more mature, especially for children, um, it really was it was it was interesting, and um, it really sh- shaped how I storytell um, and who I storytell for. So I at first thought like there was only a certain demographic and age group before Grimm's and um, Cider, uh, um, oh, excuse me, before Grimm's and um, Cider, Cinder, goodness, I've been saying Cider, Cinder, Cider. Um, before those books, I didn't know like fairy tales could be for a mature audience. I didn't know that you could um, have the same elements 
and put it for young adults and put it for um, um, older people. Um, I thought it was only something like um, after the age of 10, you know, you have to now, it's just superheroes. You couldn't have like a fairy tale that's more mature um, or have more mature um, aspects or um, themes. So um, it really got me back into like, because uh, at then I was more just reading. I wasn't really writing, um, but I was um, uh, reading a lot more and it again changed my perspective on storytelling, and um, I again started. I love. I haven't mentioned it yet, but I do love history too. Um, and that came from when we lived in Germany, um, and you know, being able to visit like the old German castles and learn about like the dragons and um, coats of arms and things like that. So I'm really tied into like my love of history and uh, just researching and learning and lore of um, different cultures. So it was, it, um, it was a great time. <laughs> I had to pick, go back to that. I just want to pick up on the fairy tales because I find the fairy tales fascinating because of the archetypes in fairy tales and they go yes. through all storytelling, don't they? I mean, you have yes. Red Riding Hood, you have the, the quest to, to visit the grandmother, you have the heroine, the hero in, in Red Riding Hood, the innocent hero. You've got... Um, and Cinderella, who's the scapegoat. Um, so you've got these very typical yes. archetypes and um, the quests that they go on, you know, the situations they're on. And if you picked those apart, and I bet there's some sort of, um, there's theses that have been written on this somewhere. But if you pick that apart, you probably could apply that to every story that we ever yeah. read. You know, the archetypes yes. situations. Mm. Yes, which is, again, another thing I was so um, in awe by, that you you know even though these stories may have like these archetypes they can be told so differently um like i said like the Grimm's fairy tales re um, retelling of rapunzel versus disney's telling of um rapunzel are it's you know it's the same story or same around the same story but it's told so differently mm -hmm. um and i found that like amazing how you could change um things like that and reinvent things or how things can like you can have the same story but be telling it for different audiences mm. and the same goes for um myths and legends as well you know um mm -hmm. greek mythology is another oh yes <laughs> yes oh i am a greek mythology fan i'm anything fantasy mythology um all of it i just i love it <laughs> i i used to get um I remember too in um, Tennessee, my my godmother actually gifted me one of my first mythology um, books, and it was based it was it was um, it was a thick book. Um, like if I could compare it, it was thicker than the Bible. Um, just a thick book about just the beginning of Greek mythology and um, everything to the very last story and. I've read that book like maybe four times, four or five times, um, um, probably more, because I always go back to it and get inspiration and reread and um, try to get, you know, um, reacquainted with things like that, um, so, um, with like the stories and the legends. So I just, I love, again, love history, love mythology, love lore and um, fantasy and every aspect. Mm. So I said I'd go back to it. You're living in um, Germany, must have had a real impact on you because all those beautiful castles, and it's 
It's like yes. being um, fairy tale land. Some play parts of it, aren't they? <laughs> yes, it was. It was great, especially as a young kid, just seeing that and you know letting your imagination really explode. Um, because I do um, now, of course, when I do write, um, a lot of my fantasy elements and um, how I describe castles and bridges and areas in my worlds, I do take from um, architecture of Europe and um, a lot from Asia and the Middle East and Africa, well, pr pretty much everywhere, but <laughs> um, I do have that sense of like making everything very vivid and bright and descriptive. So you can see the castle, like when you, I say you can see this castle, you can see this castle. Um, and just being able to, um, I would love to, when, you know, everything clears up again and it's safer, of course, take a trip back to Europe to really just, you know, castle jump, just go from place to place, um, just relearning and revisiting it all over again. It'd be great. A place that left its impression on me because it reminded me so much of a fairy fairyland was um, Estonia, Ta Tallinn in Estonia. Um, I, don't mm. know, I visited there when I was going on a cruise ship. It was a tour there, but it was just all sort of little turreted um, houses. Every building looked like it had been taken straight out of a fairy tale with little cobbled streets. Yes. Beautiful, really pretty. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they are gorgeous. Mm. Okay, so we go on to your fifth book. Okay, so my fifth book is one that many know, um, The Hunger Games um, by Susan Collins. Um, this is when I was now, um, this I had been told about the book around Virginia, um, but I never really, um, when I, well, let me say when I was younger, um, uh, I was so like, oh, it's a great book. You should read it. And I was like, mm, I don't know. Um, but then I did finally get around to reading the book. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is great. Um, again, really pulling me back from the giver of the dystopian world um, and um, young adult novels. Um, and again, like knowing like your audience and having a different audience and um, seeing there was, there was, I thought there was a gap between, you know, children's books and adult books. I, then now I'm seeing that, oh, there, all the books I've been reading are, are young adult books. And, you know, I just never had a title. I was just like, oh, there are books for my age. But now I'm like, oh no, these books, it has a name, it's young adult um, novels. I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and with reading The Hunger Games, um, that was just great because um, it was it was during a time where um, I had a lot of family members who were getting sick and some did pass. So um, I always use like my stories and writing and reading as a way of just like if I need to escape, um, you know, just going to that fantasy world just for even if it's a few moments or uh, an hour or two. Um, and reading The Hunger Games was um, kind of my escape way um, to just, you know, learning and reading and just entertaining myself and calming myself down. Um, and I do love the world building. And um, really, oh, I was like, wow. I was like, I didn't know. Like I had, of course, with The Giver read about world building, but I felt The Hunger Games had a more intricate 
um, level of world building than I was used to. And um, that's, and now I'm like, a, I'm a world building connoisseur because I love <laughs> to build worlds and fantasy realms and um, visiting places. And um, again, with the, with my love of traveling um, and experience in traveling. So it was, um, Hunger Games has a, a very soft spot for me. I love it. It was um, a really great book. And yeah, everyone should read it. <laughs> how, how does the, how the books compared to the um, films? Um, I when I watched the first <laughs> the first film, I uh, I was I'm one of those people where if I read a book and then I go watch the film, I'm always comparing. I'm like, oh, that didn't happen, or wait a second, this didn't happen, or why didn't they do this? Like I I'm retelling the whole book <laughs> in my head, so. Um, um, I mean, the the a movies did fine. I'm I'm always going to prefer a book over a movie, um, but I mean, there are some people who only read movies or read I read movies, but watch movies. So you know, that's their cup of tea. Um, but I always am going to advise a book and be like, oh, the book is better <laughs> because because you know it's the original source material, so you can't it can't get better than that. Can you think of any film that has been better than the book? I'm struggling to think of one myself. I always think the book's better. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, um, I don't. I don't know. I think I wouldn't say it's better. Um, maybe Harry Potter, the first. I, I'm no. Let me stop. I'm, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but <laughs> um, I would say from like other Harry Potter fans, I had you know, I know they say like the movies are pretty good with um, retelling the story, um, the books. So I think that they, they weren't better, but they're, you know, pretty good, pretty close. Um, but I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to see a, a movie do a book better than the book. You know, it's, it's kind of like, it's the original. It can't get, can't get better than that. I'm not saying it's better than the book because it absolutely isn't, but there have been some wonderful adaptations of Jane Austen with some gorgeous, oh, gorgeous yes. heroes. And you, you can use your imagination, but sometimes seeing a gorgeous man on the screen does just does it. <laughs> yes. Way, the book doesn't. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I think I've watched every um, movie adaptation of Pride and Prejudice known to man. Um, from I think there was one with zombies. There was one I I I really watched them all. Um, and they're uh they all you know again all follow the same storyline, but all do their own different twists. Um, of course I've read the book too. Book is of course always the best, but I I do love <laughs> like you said it's always nice to see some eye candy. <laughs> and and on eye candy, um, Pole Dark. I read all the Pole Dark series when I was um mm. in my early no in my teens. I read all the Pole Dark before it was televised. But the recent ad adaptation, I don't know if you had it. You, did you have it with um? Oh now what is his name? I every I, his name always goes every time I try and bring his name to mind. It goes oh. It will, it's how it, it's my age. It's so frustrating when Jung's gone. <laughs> but the yeah. star of the last Podark was so good. <laughs> and they had lots of scenes where his shirt's off and he's in the mines and he's splashing his water. <laughs> <and it's> like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> you but, just, I sometimes I'm thinking, I'm like, this wasn't in the book, but I don't mind. It's fine. This is, <laughs> this is fine with me. 
I love the Winston Graham books of Paul Dark. I just couldn't wait to get my hands on the um, next book. So, yeah, it's good. <laughs> uh, so um, that, that was your last one. But I um, just wanted to ask you, you're at college now and you told us what you were doing. What are your plans for after college? Well, my first plan is get a job. <laughs> um, I'm going towards brand management. Um, I do love as again, I, I, I kind of always combine everything in my life together. Um, so I do love branding, um, branding for wins books, my site and blog. Um, and once I really started doing that, I started taking more classes in school and I was like, oh no, this is great. Like, this is awesome. I want to help other people brand their books, brand their, um, you know, your business, like I, I always say authors, it's a business, especially if you're an indie author, your you're, you're own little small business. Um, you need your own little brand, your cards, your your social media, everything. Um, so um, I love, uh, you know, just branding and marketing and those aspects. Um, and of course, the future, um, not now yet, but I will start selling my own art. Um, I, <laughs> I, it's, it's always been a thing I wanted to do, but I, I just, I, I coincidentally didn't have time to do that one thing. <laughs> I had time for everything else, but that one has been the one in the back burner, but, um, also doing that. And of course, just writing more books, um, and reading more books too, because I've, I've been falling on that since I've been <laughs> actually really busy with everything else. Yeah, you can only do so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Your energy yes. amazes me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I'm sure you're, you're you know, having even more um, behind you in terms of branding and marketing. You're already doing a fantastic job. It can only get better. Interesting to watch you. Thank you. And learn from you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I'm always happy to help. <laughs> In fact, you're really good with your blog. You've had so many different authors featured on your blog. You're very generous um, in supporting other authors. It's really good. Yes. Um, I just, I have this whole, like, for, like, you can never have too many books. Um, you can never have too many paintings. Um, trust me, my parents would know my art is everywhere. Um, <laughs> you know, you can never, like, I just think there's room, there's, I, I, I argue sometimes that maybe there's not room for everybody, but mm, there's room for everybody. Um, and, you know, if they, um, not everyone like you, like example, you, Deborah, not everyone reads fantasy um, and not all the authors I host on my blog are fantasy um, authors. And, you know, why should I just only host like, you know, there are other authors, there are other readers not everyone reads fantasy. Not everyone. Um, there are some people who just want books for their kids, people who want um, life um, health books, people who want horror, um, paranormal, people who want just romance. So, you know, being able to share or give a platform for these other authors so they can find new readers, too. Um, I love doing that. And of course, I get to meet all these extraordinary authors and learn more about their genres and and hopefully, you know, get to also maybe I may take an interest in reading one of their books too. Um, just, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever take interest in reading horror um, or <laughs> normal books. I, I'm a very paranoid person, so I don't think I could do it. But 
Um, it's always fun, especially around like Halloween time to have those type of authors and just see their pers- um, perspective on writing um, because it's so different and it's so much fun to really just, um, you know, host these authors, meet these new writers and, you know, learn their experiences too. I think one, the writing community is wonderful since I got yes. involved in it, which was only about from a year ago when I started um, as an indie author. But I've just met so many wonderful people like yourself. And I, too, I feel that interviewing people on my Castaway books is such a privilege because I get to meet such wonderful people. So it's great. Yes, it is. Uh, now, one question left to ask you, and that is what luxury would you like with you on the Castaway Island? Hmm, I would, hmm, that's a hard one because I want to say maybe a phone charger because I, I read, I always have my phone with me um, if I'm checking emails, if I'm sending emails, if I'm doing something with the blog, if I need to edit something real quick. Um, and then, of course, I also have all my Kindle books <laughs> on my phone, too. So just just to make sure, like, if I don't have physical books, I have them online. I can charge my phone. Hopefully I have Wi-Fi, too, to do this, but charge my phone. And, um, you know, I, I think that would be my luxury, just to have my phone so I can just you know, also let people know, hey, I, I'm here. I'm good. Just just reading. <laughs> so we won't lose you all together. We can see you on Instagram on your island reading. Yes. With my with my castle of books. <laughs> it sounds good to me. Uh, well, thank you for joining me on my island. It was a pleasure talking to you and meeting you in almost real life, Winnie. Thank you. Yes. You too. It so, it's so great to, you know, sit down and talk with you. Um, I, I, I had a fun time, like, strolling down memory lane again. Um, and pro- I, I think I almost rebought like, a couple of these books, even though I have all of them. <laughs> um, but it was just good to, like, just relive those fun memories and times. Um, and, you know, just see, like, um, again, like, after, even talking about it out loud, I was like, wow, like everything just kind of connected dots for me um, for my reading and writing journey. And it was just great to relive that. So thank you. You're welcome. And links to the books, books that written by Winnie herself and all the books she recommended will, of course, be on my website. So thank you and goodbye. Yes. Bye, everyone. enjoyed listening to this week's episode of castaway books references for all of the books discussed in this show can be found on my website which is www.abrakdeborah.wordpress.com it's the letter k and then my name deborah d-e-b-o-r-a-h so until next week goodbye